nudge. <laughs> hey guys, you're listening to The Nudge with Julian and Ash. How are you going, Julian? I'm doing very well. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. So each week we explore the reality of life for young adults as we give ourselves the nudge to let go of anything that holds us back from acting on and achieving our goals. And each week we're setting ourselves goals and are holding ourselves accountable for them. And last week we delved into the process of finding a job and explored the differences between full-time work and freelance work. So, Ash, how has it been for you this last week? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, we talked a little bit about the job search and I told you about my interview and things like that. And I was actually lucky enough to get that job. What? Woo! Cong- oh, wow. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Pretty, n- I don't know, nerve-wracking at the same time. Um, have you seen that video of that girl on Facebook who goes on the date and she gets really emotional because she's talking about her cats? Yes. Yes, Like yes. the dating site. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's doing the ad for the dating site, yeah. And she says... I'm nervous, but I'm excited at the start of the video. <laughs> I kind of feel like that girl. Right. So, yeah, exactly like that. I mean, I feel emotional about cats also, but, you know, that's not really part of this job, Jenny. Yeah. But you said that the job was in Shepparton. Does that mean you have to move? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, definitely. It does. I, I don't know if this two-hour commute will be fun. There's a lot of factors that come into it, and that's creating a little bit of different stresses in my life. And we're still going to be able to do this podcast every week. Of course. Yay. I'm committed. Yes. <laughs> that was too intense. But yeah, no, I'm still going to be doing this. I'm very excited. So yeah, um, Julian, since I was on the hunt for more full-time employment and you were looking for a job to suit your freelance lifestyle, uh, last week we set ourselves the task to take a page out of each other's books and you said you'd look for some work on LinkedIn. How did you go? Okay. <laughs> so Okay, that's not very convincing. <laughs> no, no. So on LinkedIn, there is a little notification saying, you know, there are 12 new yes, job, um, you know, jobs that we think you would be suitable for. Mm-hmm. And I said last week that I haven't actually found jobs on LinkedIn. You know, I would find mm. them on other boards and everything. So I clicked on the notifications <laughs> and had a had a bit of a look. A um, the job titles seemed a little bit more fitting to me than the job descriptions. So oh. I had like several tabs, probably about 10 all up. And I'm looking through all the jobs and I'm thinking to myself... Ooh, it's this isn't what I want to do. It's mm. not worth me giving up, you know, this freedom, this freelance lifestyle, doing what I want to do and trying to push so that I can do what I want to do every day for the rest of my life and be successful in that industry. It wasn't worth giving that up for something where I'm just going to be, you know, making regular income. Yeah, definitely. So, I didn't apply <laughs> for a hey, LinkedIn job. You, you half did the job. I looked, yeah, so exactly, great. and I explored that field, which was great, different experience, and you said that you'd do a bit of freelance writing and plan to write an article for the magazine that we edit. I know the answer to this question, <laughs> because I would have been editing your piece. How did Ooh. that go? Yeah, um, I also, I would like to say I half did the job. <laughs> I did contact somebody about a piece, so that's something. Like an interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And I did do a lot of work for the mag this week, just getting it reset up for the year. So it was kind of half 
going the distance, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, hopefully I can keep working at that one. Yeah, and we said it. Whether we achieved our goals that we set for ourselves last week or not, we were going to hold ourselves accountable for it. So this week we're going to be looking at stress. Um, I think that stress plays a big impact on how we not only prioritize our goals, but actually find the energy to act on them. Yeah. And a big part of the lives for all young people is stress. And so, you know, it can really put you in a zone where you're not at your best and it can distract you from your goals and your path in life in general. And we'll also be exploring ways in which we can tackle and overcome our unwanted stress and rather use it to propel us to achieving our goals. Later, we'll also be chatting to my friend Sarah, who helps university students who live on campus to deal with their stresses. So I'm pretty excited to learn a bit about her experiences there. And for all of our listeners who are currently studying, this would be a really good one for you to tune into. So, you know what's really funny, and I actually only just learned this when I was researching stress for this topic is that stress was only identified as uh, sort of like a medical issue in the 1950s. So quite late, really, when you think about the fact that there would have been stress thousands of years even before then. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just a really interesting point that I wanted to bring up. Yeah, I wonder why. It doesn't surprise me, to be honest, but I don't know, I guess people, and especially, you know, because... Human beings are quite uh, complex. Um, <laughs> lots of people thrive off of turmoil. Yeah, it gives people something to do. If someone doesn't have things going, so, on. something going wrong, like what can they really grab onto in life? And I think a lot of young people would rather be, you know, away from that. But yep. I mean, people can like drama. I guess it gives them something <laughs> to to bitch about and be negative about. I mean, I would like to have as much positivity as possible, but we all have some negativity in us. And of course, yeah, it's really tricky, especially just dealing with different people different personalities it can really be a confusing time but yeah i think that it's okay to have conflict in your life but if you direct that towards something like i need to okay this is an issue i need to work towards this i need to work towards that as opposed to wallowing in you know your own madness i think that's a much more healthy way of expressing that stress and going about it because we never get a completely get rid of stress it's there you Mm. know it was discovered as a medical issue like you said in the 50s but it was there all all along Mm -hmm. for sure and I'm definitely no stranger to stress I mean I am I've definitely been described by my friends as a stress head you're a stress head I I hate it it's such a bad trait I hate it so much you do a good job to hide it though yes a lot of people tell me that because I I was freaking out the other day um, to one of my housemates and then another person came in the room and I was like this whole different cheery person and she was like, what the hell happened there? And yeah, that's, but, but it scares me because like, I don't know if I don't know how you're doing. That's why I ask you all the time, how are you going, Ash? Are you good? I know. Whilst with me, I think out loud a lot and everyone knows every single one of my issues 24-7. <laughs> you like to share? Oh, I don't like to share, but like it just happens. Like it's like I'm dealing with stress. Here it is. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm bad though because I I was saying this um, because like I'm moving jobs and things like that. So I was telling my boyfriend today that I'm a bit concerned that it's all just gonna like I'm just gonna snap when I get up to my new job or something like this, and I'm a bit worried about it because what happens if like one tiny little thing happens and then I just cry or. I don't know, I, I can't get up or something like this. 
I'm a bit worried about it. Yeah, well, luckily in this episode, we're exploring different ways which we can tackle our stress. But your car broke down today, Ash. Um, yeah. You must be really stressed. Yeah, I am a little bit. And I also had an unfortunate phone breakage this week oh, as well. No. So I'm doing good. These are all... I'm hoping positive signs, but I'm a little bit worried. But you know how they say things come in threes? Well, let's hope that there isn't a third. Yeah. <laughs> but what was going through your head? Like, my car broke down. Oh, no. How am I going to get, you know, into the studio tonight? Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, that was all going through my head. Um, <laughs> I was just mostly panicking a little bit. The whole financial thing came into my mind as well. But I was just sort of avoiding it. I was just shunning it because I just thought, I can't deal with this. <laughs> yeah. Well, why do you feel like you tend to suppress your stress? Because I felt like there was too many other things on my mind. Much, yeah. And I just thought... I can't really put much mental effort or emotion into this right now. And it was an old car. It was dying anyway. Yeah, and I think for me, when I suffer from stress, um, I tend to suppress dealing with it because in that state of mind, I'm thinking I'm way too busy and stressed out to be dealing with old things. (laughs) I don't have time to reflect. Um, Yes, And that's coming from me, who's quite a reflective person. I think that's because it takes a lot of effort and it can be quite confronting to do so. And it can even cause stress through overthinking. And, like, I'm the king of that, basically. (laughs) Um, So even for people who aren't very reflective, there are some simple ways to combat it. Yeah, so I don't think I'm really great at the reflection process. Mm -hmm. And so I always choose to meditate if I'm feeling really stressed. So, um, you know, you don't even have to go and do classes for that. I just use YouTube. And I always find... Uh, At the end of the day, if I'm feeling exceptionally stressed, so last night was an example of this. I actually woke up in the middle of the night and did a bit of meditation, which is a bit crazy. I wouldn't suggest that, but it really helped me get back to sleep, actually. So I listen to either guided meditations. So this is where they, you know, tell you um, breathe in, you know, feel it going through your body. Yeah, I think that guided meditation is so hypnotic. Yeah. That's going to help you sleep. Yeah, exactly. That's why I thought after I'd been awake for about 20 minutes, minutes I just straight away put my headphones in picked um a Jason Stevenson track he's like a bit of a meditation guru that I like to follow on um, YouTube and yeah so he's a really great one for guided meditation otherwise you've got you know your whale sounds and your ocean sounds. Tell me about whale sounds. Oh, well, they don't really, they don't get me as calm, as <laughs> guided, because um, I need a little bit of help to sort of get lost in my train of yeah. thought, because otherwise I'm a bit too active, like my brain just keeps yeah. going. I don't but, think I could relax to whale sounds. That would just make me laugh hysterically. It reminds me of um, Dory from Funny Nemo. Yeah, <laughs> it does. That's why I need somebody telling me, okay, breathe now and breathe out. And I need that because otherwise I'm thinking, okay, thinking whale, uh, I really wish I could go and see a whale. Why don't I have more money to go on holidays? And then it spirals. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. And then you're in a a worse state than you were when you started. Do you find that it actually helps you with your sleep and with your stress levels and even concentration? Or do you think that it's helping you because you're telling yourself that it's helping you? So like a bit of the placebo effect. Oh, yeah. I find that if I do it before I go to sleep, um, so if I sit up and actually, you know, um, sit in sort of like a leg cross position, eyes closed sort of thing, I usually do palms up. Mm-hmm. That it does, like I have a really easy sleep, but sometimes, and this is a really annoying thing about me that I find, 
is I'll get to the end of the day. It'll already be midnight or something like this. And I'll go, oh, shivers, I need to meditate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then that defeats the purpose because I'm not relaxing because I'm like, this is something I have to do. Um, So then I find it doesn't work. And then I just end up falling asleep because I'm just like laying down in some awkward position, (laughs) like fetal being like, breathe in, breathe out. So, yeah, definitely if it's a bit more planned than just being a rush job at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. To have a bit of order and structure yeah. so that you can use it as a coping mechanism to come back to it. I think that a really good and simple way to meditate is lying down, palms facing up. This mm. is a yoga asana called shavasana, which is basically corpse pose. So that's how oh. I relax. <laughs> and whenever I finish a session of yoga, I go into my shavasana and I picture my entire body sinking into the earth and that just puts me to sleep. Yeah. It's like the best way to relax for me. Have you seen those memes of... Um the different yoga poses that are going around Facebook at the moment. And it ends with the Shavasana. Is that right? It's just a picture of a person laying down. And up the top, it says, I didn't realize I'd been doing yoga for all these years. (laughs) 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 And you just reminded me of it right there. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. Because, I mean, that is yoga because it's connecting your mind with your body and your spirit and doing all these good things for you. And without you even realizing it, like we do yoga every day without realizing it, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I've been doing yoga for a few years now. I do a style of yoga called vinyasa yoga, which is basically a continuous flow of intentional movement, which is aligned with your breath. For me, I prefer that as I'm not just focusing on the final poses, but also the flow of movement it takes to get in and out of them. It's sort of reminiscent of the quote from American writer Ralph Waldo Emerson, and There's a lot of sayings and proverbs related to this same message that life is a journey, not a destination. Because with this flow, I'm forced to be in the present moment with the breath. And it's also quite physically demanding. So it helps me block all the stresses out of my life. Right. As like a distraction. Exactly. It's a physical workout. Like yoga is hard work. Yeah. But it's making sure that every single part of my body is where it's supposed to be. And the actual vinyasa flow allows me to play around with that. Yeah. Do you do classes? I don't. So oh. I also do YouTube classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I do have my personal uh, yoga instructor, Adrian. Yes. Who nice. I, she's really relaxing and really casual and really calm. Obviously, that's how she makes money. And I'm, you know, my view is, you know, contributing to that, but I'm not directly paying for that, I guess. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I guess through my internet, I'm paying for yeah. it. But um, because I am more of an introvert and I do prefer, you know, my own space, it, it completely suits me being you know in my own room it's, it's a very one-on-one personal connection with the instructor even though it's through a computer screen and she's in a completely different country yeah um, yeah it still works though doesn't it i mean we're yeah. so lucky that we can do that now and there's a german-born canadian author named eckhart toll who talks a lot about stress and inner transformations he says this amazing quote stress is caused by being here but wanting to be there And I find myself riddled by this all the time. I actually found myself in this situation today whilst doing yoga. So I wasn't really able to relax Mm -hmm. (laughs) during a relaxing Mm -hmm. practice. But basically, um, I'm the type of person where I'm just like a just get it done type of person. And I'm quite, I don't want to say I'm neurotic, but like the wheels are turning all the time with me. I'm a fast thinker. So during yoga this morning, I was, you know, thinking about the podcast. Um, I was thinking about some other things and I needed to quickly just stop what I was doing. Stop, stop the, the yoga with Adrian <laughs> tutorial and the, and the relaxing music. And I needed to write some ideas down. I had to also do a bit of editing for this video um, project that I'm doing. 
so that that was a quite significant gap between when I stopped and when I started again because editing takes a while. Yeah. And then I actually got a message from Ash. And when I get a message, I'm not that, that type of person who's like, oh, yeah, I'll let it wait to see who it's from. Or, oh, it's a message from Ash. I'll let it wait. You are I, a I, I don't, fast reply. I'm a fast reply <laughs> because I don't have the time to, to you know, wallow in my head thinking, oh, no, someone messaged me. I need to get back to that later. Yeah. Um, but it's for, for me, at least, it's about getting the extra stuff, you know, the new stuff out of the way. So, oh, I've got this new idea for the podcast. Just quickly write it down and then just... Story of our lives. Exactly. (laughs) And instead of get it done and then get back to relaxing so I can focus on one thing at a time. I guess, I mean, I guess that process sort of is multitasking, but I like to have my full attention um, on things, especially managing my stress and and taking time for me. And yoga is me time. (laughs) Of course. Even when I meditate at night... Um, it's really funny because they'll say to you at the start, okay, so put everything out of your mind. And at the start, you're like, I can't do that. I'm thinking about 10 things while I'm trying to listen to you and the calming whale noises. <laughs> um, so I always find that really tricky at the start. But it's funny how when as you keep going, you progress through the breathing and listening and things like that. You actually do lose your all those thoughts that are going on in your mind like I find that really interesting yeah definitely and as young people like we've got so many goals ahead of us and we want to do so many things exactly and you know young people we want to take action but it can be really difficult to find a balance between taking action and being calm because you know sometimes they cancel each other out mm-hmm. it can be very tricky to find that good balance and I mean it's normal to have stress in your life as well there can be some ups, there can be some good stresses, some bad stresses. Yeah, there's definitely good... I think good stress would be defined as having a sense of urgency, being active and keeping your brain moving, you know, versus bad stress, which is anxiety, which just keeps you from being able to do the things you want to do because it just makes your mind so out of whack. Exactly. It can be tricky. Another thing that I use, actually, to sort of clear my mind and keep me, I guess, sort of on the right track, not getting too distracted or too confused in my own thoughts is I actually use a positive affirmations app on my phone. Okay. Is this like the quotes that we always... (laughs) Little bit of quotes. Sometimes the quotes aren't that good. I showed them to some friends once and they were like, this is a terrible quote. Why? (laughs) Why would anybody have this on an app to motivate people to feel good about themselves? And one thing that I really like about this is it tells me on the hour or, you know, every couple of hours, I am happy, I am healthy. And for me, that's such a simple little reminder that, you know, even if I'm having a stress about my car breaking down or something like that, I still do have my health. You know, and I still do have positive influences and positive role models around me. It really puts things into perspective. Exactly. It really does. It's a perspective thing, right? Like, whenever you're feeling low about something, you've got to think, you know, how fortunate you are to even have yeah. the things that you And have. I think the benefit of affirmations or mm. quotes is they're written by someone else. So it's not like you're giving yourself a reminder and then, you know, you doubt whether you believe it's true or not because oh, am I just telling myself that? Like, you hear it from other people so you know that other people are in the same boat as you. Exactly, yeah. And we all deal with stress um, at different levels on a day-to-day it's, basis. So. It's really funny, the whole thing that you mentioned about, like, it's nice to see that other people are on the same, same wavelength as you. That is such a big one for me, being able to see that other people are going through stuff. And maybe that's because of my... Um, personality type, that I'm a bit of a 
concerned person about what other people think or, right. um, yeah, just generally more focused on people. But, yeah, it's really bad because it's somewhat comforting to know that people are going through the same things that you are going through. And, I mean, obviously that was a big motivator for our podcast, letting people know that we're in the same boat as them and that we're all on the same page. Exactly. So even though we, you know, we all deal with stress, we shouldn't let it get in the way of achieving what we want to achieve. So speaking of other people going through the same sort of things, we are lucky enough now to speak with my friend Sarah who deals with this sort of stuff every day. So... Thank you for joining us, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're so excited to have you. I mean, you were my first thought when we wanted somebody to come on the show. I have had a lot of stress, but um, I think that also means that you learn to deal with stress. And I work in a job where I help other young people deal with stress, um, students who live on campus at university. So um, I'm pretty lucky that I can use my own experiences to help them out there. And have you found that young people are quite forthcoming when talking about their stress origins or is the topic swept under the rug a lot of the time? It's a bit of a hard one because I feel like young people have a lot of potential stresses and I don't know if we really explore all the different areas that you can have stress in your life. I think stress is a bit normalised. So for uni students, often they'll think, oh yeah, I'm a bit stressed with my uni schedules and I have a few things going on in the family. But maybe they don't also think sometimes you have friends stress as well. It's quite financially stressful to be young and studying. Um, So I think um, part of it is that people aren't always happy to talk about where their stress comes from, but another part of it is maybe they don't consider all the different areas where stress might actually be building up in their life. So um, I think it's good to chat through with friends and with mentors and, you know, with people in roles who are there to support you to make sure you sort of know where all your stress is actually coming from. So um, you've seen the effects of stress on young people. How do you encourage young people to talk about it and reflect on these and subsequently tackle their stresses? It's a tough one because, you know, it's not exactly happy conversation, (laughs) you know. So you sort of have to be in the right environment with your friends or with someone else um, to really unpack what's going on. So um, I think half of it is providing a space. Um, Yeah, for young people to explore the stress that's going on. And I think the other half is getting them to take some time and stopping. What I've noticed Mm. about university is it is go, go, go between part-time jobs and internships and trying to increase employability. People don't often spend time sitting and checking in with themselves. Um, And I think encouraging students to take that time um, and writing it down or having a really good conversation with a friend about it can be that step that helps them reflect um, and take the necessary action if they're more stress than they can handle. Do you think there's a lot of stresses for young people when they move onto campus? Absolutely. So your support network changes entirely and you have to rebuild that. And 
there's no guidebook. No mm. one tells you how to remake friends as an adult. It's a bit awkward <laughs> at first. And yeah, so no one really kind of tells you how to go about doing that. And there's a bit of a struggle because you kind of want to be a bit independent because you've just left your parents. Mm. But at the same time, there's still a really good avenue of support. So it's hard to strike a balance mm. when you first move off. And yeah, so I think it's a tough position to be in and, and even tougher than staying at home at that point in your life, mm. um, even though it has really great benefits as well. Mm-hmm. And then surely with a lot less contact hours at university in comparison to high school, there's a lot of me time for students and there is this space that I think that many of find themselves forced into a lot of people aren't really in touch with themselves so people might find it a bit confronting have you ever had a student come to you and say I'm feeling overwhelmed I don't know what to do with myself yeah absolutely I think people usually don't necessarily come to us because we're part of the university staff as a first point of call but it comes out in behaviors so um People are just asking the question, who am I and what do I actually like? Not what did my friends back home do all the time, but who do I want to be now that I'm away from that environment and I have a chance to kind of step into who I really am? Um, And if you don't know, you're sort of willing to try anything, Mm. you know? You might drink a lot with the people who enjoy that and do some things that you either have a really great time about or regret. Um, You know, you might join a club, all these different things. And even though it's a really exciting time, you're right, once you have a lot of time by yourself, it can be a really intimidating and overwhelming time as well, especially if you don't find people straight away who you resonate with. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there's what Ash and I are really uncovering through this podcast, which is young people really want to achieve as much as they can, but with stress in their lives, it makes it really distracting. What are some stress relieving exercises that you've referred some of the students to? Yeah, sure. Well, I sit down with students and we kind of do a case by case basis. So even though there's lots of relaxation techniques that we might know, Not all of them are going to suit every student, you know. Some people use exercise um, and quite vigorous exercise and that's not going to suit every kind of student. Um, You know, some students like journaling, but others hate the idea of sitting down and really writing and and free writing what they're thinking. So um, I try and work with the student to figure out what might suit them. Um, And we go through a whole lot of different techniques, including those relaxing walks, nature, the beach, um, barefoot walking is really good for you. Mm. Um, Yeah. And then, of course, we refer to counselling if someone needs an objective person to talk through things. And we end up referring to counselling a lot because a lot of people just aren't talking about their stress. Mm, That's so true. I really want to try barefoot um, Are we just talking walking with no shoes and socks and, and is that supposed to... Yeah, it's really good for you, especially on grass. It's called earthing mm. and it, it connects you with nature. So there's a lot of energy that, you know, um, nature gives us and tree hugging is a legitimate thing and it's because <laughs> trees have energy in them. Right. So when we walk barefoot Richard Gear style in Pretty Woman, you know, we're actually <laughs> doing really well for ourselves. Um, and I have friends who get up every morning and they save 10 minutes for their earthing every morning and it's fantastic Gosh. for you. 
I wish we could do that. We've kind of got a lot of concrete around us. Yes. <laughs> I don't have a single patch of grass, yes. but I take a walk every lunchtime for half an hour. Shoes off? Shoes. I, I, okay. I walk to the grassy area with my shoes <laughs> on. Um, and it's a bit of a secluded area cause you don't particularly want students to, you know, see you a little bit unprofessionally <laughs> with your shoes off. But, um, yeah, I take my shoes off and have a good walk and sit in some sunshine and there's some roses and I literally sit smell the roses and it's really lame but it's great it makes you feel really good so that's so cool yeah Yeah. can you give us a little bit of insight into how your experiences at uni were yeah absolutely so um I left home five days after my 18th birthday and I moved cities from Melbourne to Canberra (laughs) um with just a suitcase and a wave to the parents at Melbourne airport and it was the most it's the best thing I've ever done but it's so challenging, you know, so what I spoke, you know, support network, rebuilding your support network, finding people and sort of fitting in with your tribe um, Mm. and, yeah, balancing financial stress with support network stress, with trying to make friends, you know, and stay on top of your university. It is incredibly stressful. There was a moment when I only had $12 in my bank account and... I felt like I was coming apart at the seams. I was so worried about that. But I have been so good with money ever since. You know, so it teaches you those really important lessons. But I also had support at uni. You know, I sought support from the people I needed. um, And that got me through. And then I had a postgraduate experience. I went to Melbourne Uni and did a master's. And I was doing way too much at the time and I ended up having a terrible burnout because even though I was managing my stress ongoingly it was ongoing for an entire year and your body just can't handle that Um, and I think stress is normalized and I think that's a real problem because when you mention your stress people assume that everyone has stress at work and it might be true but that doesn't mean it's good for you Um, And I think people also minimise the effects of stress. So, you know, I think people say, oh, go on a holiday, you'll be okay. Um, But, you know, I wasn't actually okay. I was getting terrible chest pain. Um, I was having, like, some paranoia and feeling very upset about that. So you can have some really terrible, terrible um, side effects. Um, A couple of times I almost went to hospital, and I think we just need to stop assuming that stress is fine and stress is normal, you know. Um, Maybe a little bit of stress is normal, but as soon as we aren't, constantly helping ourselves and as soon as we're just assuming stress is fine then we're in trouble yeah Yeah. and ash and i said early in the show there's a difference between good stress which is you know a sense of urgency to be able to get things done and bad stress which just you know turns into anxiety and keeps you from functioning as you normally would what were some of the things that you did to overcome this bad stress when you were studying and during this burnout Yeah, for sure. Well, I had to take quite a bit of time off after the burnout. Um, So I was, I mean, I guess I was kind of in a fortunate position where I ended my job and um, I had enough savings that I was actually able to survive for a few months jobless. So I was very lucky in that way. And I appreciate that's not the same position that are a lot of people in. But for me, I 
turn to my Chinese medicine doctor who has been very helpful um, through a lot of stressful times. So acupuncture and herbal medications. Um, and I had an, I've had a naturopath and a kinesiologist as well. So all of these practitioners, and you can tell I'm a fan of natural medicine and I know not everyone is, um, but you know, all of these practitioners have been incredibly helpful for myself. I remember the first time I met Sarah, uh, is really funny because she said to me she always goes to a Chinese medicine doctor when she's unwell instead of a GP. Right. I was like, what is this world? Never, <laughs> I don't even know this. I've never heard of that. And then I asked a couple more people after that, and it's more common than I actually realized people mm. turning to, you know, natural medicine, which was really interesting to learn. I'm not sure if it's talked about too much, to be honest. Mm. But I mean, I've been going since I was 10, so I'm very open about <laughs> it. Personally, I approach tackling stress in three different ways. I have preventative ways of tackling stress, which I do all the time, um, which include like I go for a walk every lunchtime or every morning. Um, and I light candles when I'm at home. So that's like really good for yourself. Um, and I take baths, which are very relaxing for me personally. Um, and then I have techniques where I'm being reactive to stress. So I'll go to the beach if I'm feeling like I'm getting a bit stressed or I start journaling. So like writing a letter to myself or just kind of writing about my feelings. Or I put on really relaxing music, Google meditation music, um, <laughs> YouTube I mean, and then I just lie in like a relaxing position with my palms up just on the floor or a really flat surface and I just chill and like bring myself to a place of peace and then I have curative methods so if I know that I'm quite stressed and I need to take action beyond calming myself personally then I will see a counsellor or visit my Chinese medicine doctor or get a kinesiology reading so I mean there's different ways but I think you know my message to everyone would be like really get on it you know don't ignore stress and be really consistent about it and put self-care in your daily routines because it's really important yeah thanks so much for chatting with us i know i've learned heaps and i know every time i speak to you i learn so much oh thank you <laughs> thanks so much for having me and um you know i know sometimes talking about stress can be a bit of a downer but i think it's an important conversation to have anyway yeah. very awesome. true yes thanks so much thank you <laughs> So that was really great, hey, Julian? Yeah, yeah. really, really enlightening. Sarah is yeah. very well spoken. She is. She's a great speaker. And, you know, we've been learning a lot of great things tonight and some really great techniques on how to deal with stress. Do you have any others that you could share? I've got a very interesting practice in which I and many other yogis do. It's called alternate nostril breathing. Oh, okay. Sounds intense, but yeah. uh, it's otherwise known as Nadi Shodana which literally translates to channel purification in Sanskrit. I guess this is as it helps clear out blocked channels of energy in the body, which has been scientifically proven to subsequently clear the mind. Nice. And I'm actually going to do a bit of a demonstration here, and I want everyone listening to join in as well. That includes you, Ash. <laughs> so basically, with alternate nostril breathing, with either hand, you could use any of your fingers or your thumb. Put one on your right nostril and one on your left. And I probably sound really nasal right now. <laughs> so basically with alternate nostril breathing, you're going to begin putting pressure on your right nostril and you're going to inhale through your left nostril. 
at the top of the breath, you're going to use the other finger or your thumb to put pressure on your left nostril. Then you're going to exhale through your right nostril. And you're going to continue to keep the pressure on your left nostril and you're going to inhale again. And at the top of your breath, you change to the right nostril and you exhale through the left. So it's a continuous process where you exhale, then inhale, then you switch to the other nostril. And it can be very relaxing, very therapeutic. And the reason why people do this is because breathing through the left nostril accesses the right hemisphere of your brain, which is considered to be the more emotional part of your brain responsible for your feelings. And the right nostril accesses the left hemisphere, which is responsible for your verbal and analytical thinking. And scientifically speaking, we don't actually breathe equally through both of our nostrils. We instead tend to alternate between one over the other every few hours. And Mm. I mean, it's barely noticeable. Yeah, (laughs) I would have never thought of that. This is known as the nasal cycle and can explain why we may sometimes feel less capable in certain functions which require more oxygen to that particular region of our brain. Jeez, there you go. Yeah, you never would have thought that. So alternating your breathing between either nostril allows you to harmonise your thoughts and feelings, which can really help when life puts us through the ringer and sucks out all of our energy and sense of control. And some added benefits of Nadi Shodana are that it keeps your mind focused in the present rather than regretting the past or worrying about the future. It's an active form of relaxation which requires your full attention to physically alter your nasal cycle. So as you were inhaling and exhaling, Ash, like, did you feel like, okay, this requires effort, I have to change the points of pressure at the top of the breath, exhale, make mm. sure I keep that same point of pressure. Like, did you find that it was very active? Yeah. I mean, probably as well because I was learning it for the first time. So I'm really thinking about that action. Mm-hmm. But it still is. I mean, you having to use movement as well as, like, breath. So yeah. it takes your mind off other things. And, and once you get into a rhythm... It can be very relaxing. And I think that the fact that it's a simple task of breathing, five minutes can feel like an hour. And yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it allows equal levels of oxygen to both sides of the brain, and this actually soothes the nervous system. Some other added benefits of it are that it cleanses your lungs, it slows your heart rate, it improves sleep, and this all contributes to battling stress. So try doing it for five or ten minutes whenever you can, and who knows, maybe... It could make a difference. So we've had a really great show this week. I know that I've learned a lot. So enlightening. Yeah, yeah, it's been really good. And, I mean, now it's time to sort out our accountabilities. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> didn't we didn't really succeed last week. No, we did not. But we, we tried. Yeah. It was just a busy time. There exactly. was a lot of stress. <laughs> and we owned up to it, and that's what our show's about. Exactly, being accountable. So, yeah, what do you think we should maybe do that's stress-related this week? Um... I think by next week, we should both try barefoot walking. I know you said you wanted to do it. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, You know what? I might struggle. I do live in an apartment. I've got no grass, (laughs) which means I'm going to have to actively go and hunt out some grass. But I can do that. You know, it's all about being accountable. Yeah, and I think that we should show our listeners that we're serious and maybe post some pictures of (laughs) us barefoot on grass on Facebook or on Instagram. But yeah, once again, a big thank you to Sarah for sharing her story and advice for tackling stress. It's really good to hear the point of view from professionals to know that not only everyone goes through it, 
but that bad stress isn't something to view lightly and it's okay to get help from a friend, family member, psychologist and even to find interesting methods to battle it yourself as well like we've explored today. Yeah, it was really, I loved when she talked about that, you know, people opening up and how important that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it would be really cool to continue this discussion as well. And there's so many different avenues that we could take. So if you have an inspiring story and you want to share it with The Nudge, you know, us guys, um, contact us via facebook.com forward slash The Nudge Podcast. And who knows, you could be our next guest. We're always looking for new talent. Definitely. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Nudge Podcast to keep updated on what we're doing. Other than posting photos of us walking back, Barefoot on Grass, which we'll be doing this week. (laughs) We enjoy posting lots of inspiring quotes, so if you haven't subscribed to that Affirmations app like Ash has, following us on social media could be very spiritually rewarding for you. But once again, remember to like us on facebook.com slash the nudge podcast, and you can catch us on Omni and iTunes if you want to revisit or share the podcast with someone else and maybe help them tackle stress as well. Yeah, so thanks again, guys, and you will hear more from us next week. See you later. Bye. Thank you.